Hey, it's Seamus from Newhoff Media Lafayette, and this is Inside Our Towns, the podcast about the people and places that make our communities great. Season 1, Episode 3. It's brought to you by Arconic Lafayette. If it flies or drives, we are on it. Arconic is a leader in the production of world-class aluminum products that transform the way we fly, drive, and build. In this episode, we are talking exclusively about Loeb Stadium, and uh, we have the Lafayette Aviators GM David Krakauer on the phone with us. David, how are you doing today? I am great. Today is an exciting day. I, I appreciate you having me on the podcast today, Seamus. Absolutely. Now, full disclosure, we're recording this. Uh, it is uh, March 31st, and this is the day of the grand opening of Loeb Stadium. So that's uh, the day. I don't know how I talked you into recording today, but uh, thanks for taking my call. <laughs> I know, I, I, absolutely. And I think you, you, um, you convinced me. Because, as I told you before we got on the call, I think this is going to be the easiest part of my day. Because I think once I hang up this call, I'm going to be like the Energizer Bunny the rest of the day. There's just going to be no off switch uh, until the game is over tonight. It's going to be a busy, busy day for you. So we're going to start with uh, the history of Loeb Stadium. And I did pull some information, and I hope all of this is true. But I had <laughs> to learn a little bit about it. I mean, I moved here in 2009 and, uh, and heard some stories about Loeb Stadium, and then obviously went to... Loeb Stadium and watch some games and, and things like that. But Loeb Stadium, just a little history for us, a little context to get started. Uh, Loeb Stadium was opened in 1940, had a capacity of 3,500 people. And I don't think that capacity changed much over the years. I think 3,500 was about what it was. Um, Correct. It was also, and I did not know this, spring training for Major League Baseball's Cleveland Indians. For a couple of years, from 43 to 45, uh, they did their spring training here in Lafayette, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Also hosted a, a, a bunch of different, not a bunch of different, but different minor league teams like the Lafayette Red Sox, um, the Ohio Valley Red Cats, and what a lot of people remember was the Lafayette Leopards. So that was around for uh, quite a while, and there's you'll still see some Lafayette Leopards uh, gear running around town every now and then. But of course... Um, the Loeb Stadium was most famous for the Colt World Series. Uh, hosted mm-hmm. that for 48 years, um, from uh, 1969 to 71, and then 73 to 2017, uh, when it moved to Marion, which we'd love to bring it back. Marion, Illinois has it now, but I think we have a nice stadium, and maybe there's a chance of bringing that <laughs> back. But, you know, the Colt World Series was a huge deal because it would bring in teams from all over. The, I mean, out of the, international teams would come here, and it was just a really cool event, and you would hear about people being host families, and it was just a really good boom for Lafayette to have that. And I know that uh, it leaving in 2017 had a lot to do with the stadium, and so um, you know they needed a, a bigger place in order to hold that. And, hey, listen, right. I'm sure there'll be in negotiations on that. And, uh, of course, Lafayette Jeff High School, uh, the Broncos, they play their home games at Loeb Stadium and, and will continue to, and some other teams too. So that's going to be really cool. So that's, that's kind of your history lesson on uh, Loeb Stadium. And I can tell you, it has changed the look of Main Street for the first time in a long time. It looks completely different uh, where Loeb Stadium is uh, right now. But the first thing that I want to talk about is why the change is a 180-degree change in the stadium. And that was the biggest, you know, when, the, when it first came out a couple of years ago that they were going to demolish the stadium, uh, rebuild it, and it's going to be so nice and everything. And it is, and we'll get into all that. But what was the decision between be, – why, why switch at 180 degrees, home plate going to outfield and outfield going to home plate? 
Sure. There, there are uh, several reasons. Um, you know, one of which, which people kind of laugh about, but but it, but it, it was a factor. Is the where home plate used to be? So many foul balls were hit on top of uh, the zoo, particularly where the monkeys are housed. And <laughs> okay. every time a foul ball would hit off of their enclosure, they would go crazy. They would just go nuts because they they weren't sure what was going on. And, you know, they they don't understand that a baseball is hitting hitting their enclosure. So it really drove the monkeys crazy. It was kind of, you know, it became an issue for the zoo. Uh, so by moving it 180 degrees, it now sits pretty well beyond the right field wall. Plus, part of our right field wall now is, I believe, it's 18 feet high. And so it's going to be really hard to get one over that and have the trajectory still to hit the monkey enclosure, um, you know, be- because of the distance to get to the enclosure uh, for a home run, uh, you know, beyond the right field wall. The second reason, honestly, and I, now that I've you know, had, you know, we moved our offices over here last week, and I've had an opportunity to kind of sit in a lot of the seats here at Loeb Stadium. And the sun, which from what I had heard from some fans who had been to games at Old Loeb Stadium, is that, you know, on a hot July afternoon, it could really just beat down on them. And by changing it 180 degrees, it does change how the sun will hit the stadium and hit the stands in particular, um, you know, because, again, the angle of the sun being 180 degree difference uh, will, should make it a much more pleasant experience, even on, let's say, a 95 degree day. I've, I've sat in those stands, and it is exactly like sitting in a crock pot on high <laughs> for two and a half to three hours. It, get, it would get... I mean, and there was no relief. You go, you know, you could go underneath the stands or whatever, and, and like, it probably helped concessions. Like, ah, I better, 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 yeah. better go get another pop because I, I believe I'm very close to heat stroke. But yeah, that'll be so that will shade as the sun sets, you know, with the stadium being as tall as it is, there will be some shade there anyway uh, for some of the fans. So that was one of the reasons behind it, too. Now, when you hit, when the when home runs are going to be hit in this stadium, how are you keeping them from going right into the water park? Um, well, there is, you know, it's a shot. I'll, I'll say that. You know, I, I've looked at it, I, and I've, um, you know, I've walked over there behind left field. Um, technically, I get it. If you want to get technical, there's nothing that would prevent a home run from getting from, you know, home plate all the way out to the water park, you know, if you want to be technical about it. Um, but it's 340 down the line in left field. It's 358 to the gap, you know, to the, to the left field, left center power alley. Okay. So to get one, and then it's probably another 50 to 75 feet just to get into the water park. So you're talking about quite a poke uh, to get it out there. And I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, college kids out there. I've played with college kids who, who could hit one that far. So um, it, it would be quite a poke uh, to get one in there. The, the positive for us is you look at the, our schedule this year and the way it's set up. There are very few games that will be going on while the water park is open. So right. while a ball may wind up there at some point, there's a, there's a better than average chance that if one or two do find their way into the water park, it's most likely going to come at a time that, that the water park isn't open. So, um, but everybody's aware of it. Everybody's seen it. There have been plenty of jokes made about it, but we, uh, we anticipate that, that we, we will be just fine in that regard. Will, will there be a call? That's another Lazy River long ball. Will that will that happen on a call at some point? I hope. 
That would be great. I would actually enjoy that, and I will talk to our PA announcer about that because that, that would be a, a good call. Uh, one of the things I, I had thought of was that, let's say, we somebody did hit one into the water park while the water park was open, and a kid was going down the slide and, you know, got up from the slide and saw the ball sitting next to him, and he wins a T-shirt. You know, a T-shirt says, I went to Tropicanoe Cove, and all I got was this baseball and this lousy T-shirt. Well, you know that all the uh, kids that are going to be working at the water park, the first thing you're going to do every morning is go see if there's any balls in there, right? I mean, that absolutely. is absolutely happening. Uh, that's what I do. So, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, that's what I do. <laughs> well, let's talk about, I mean, this is a, a massive undertaking, um, a lot of money that the, the city put into this. But what does this mean for a team like the Lafayette Aviators to go from the old Lowe's Stadium to the new one, as far as a business model, how how much does this help the franchise? So I can I put this I'll put this in um, in economic terms, um, just from a from a P and L standpoint, and that is very simply that we are two months and a day from our opening day, so we still have over two months left of our off season, so to speak, and. Within the next, I would say, week or so, just based on how things are going, we will have already eclipsed 2019, because we were, we were just going to throw 2020 out the window, so it didn't happen. Yep. Uh, 2019 uh, sponsorship sales for the entire year. And we haven't even played a game. We're still two months from playing a game, and we're about to eclipse the number of total sales from two years ago, from the last season that they actually had. And this is on the heels of COVID, where businesses are still themselves coming back and and not spending as much money as they had pre-COVID because they had their own hard times. And so we're trying to be sensitive to that. And look, we've got this great new ballpark we want to show off. We want as many people here as possible. We want this to be a true community event and, and, and a stadium. And we, we could not be more excited and more uh, appreciative of the city of Lafayette and the Lafayette Parks and Rec Department for building this, you know, more than $20 million stadium for us. And we want to show it off to the city, um, you know, as the aviators. We want to be that, that, that driving force uh, to make this the true community event in the summer and to show off Moog Stadium. And it's working because uh, the fans and the business community have rallied around us, even though everybody's money's tight. So we're trying to be sensitive in our pricing um, knowing that a lot of people hit some hard times over the last 12 months. But we also want to make sure that people are coming out uh, so that we can showcase this for the entire city of Lafayette. This is Inside Our Towns, the podcast brought to you by Arconic. If it flies or drives, we are on it. We're talking with General Manager of the Lafayette Aviators, David Krakauer. Um, let's go through some specifics on the stadium. Uh, capacity, how many people can you cram into a, a, a sold-out Aviators game? Well, I'm working on it. Here, here's our numbers as far as our official numbers. Okay. That they have 19, a little over 1,900 seats, which are all reserve seating now. No, none of the more, no more bench seating, but all lower-level reserve seating, a little over 1,900 seats in the lower-level reserve seats. Then we have our upstairs area, which is all premium seating, our suites, indoor suites, outdoor suites, which we're calling our flight decks, for a grand total of just over 2,500 seats in the stadium. We do have several standing room only sections, and at some point between now and June 1st, uh, the fire marshal will come out and give us our true stadium capacity, which would include standing room only seating, you know, standing room only areas as well. But as far as seats, we'll have just over, just over 2,500 seats here in the stadium. There's going to be a big difference sitting in a seat than sitting on uh, 
uh, that those metal benches. I don't know about you, but I'm not. Uh, I wasn't blessed with a very uh, comforting rear behind. And after sitting through a whole game there, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's men of a certain age, I guess. Uh, but that that's going to be a, a totally different experience. You also have uh, some suites that you guys have uh, put into this. So let's talk about some of the amenities that are in the new Loeb Stadium. Absolutely. So we've got several things that are brand new to this stadium that did not exist in the old stadium. Uh, like you just mentioned, we have suites. We have three indoor suites, uh, which are just absolutely beautiful. Two of the three suites have indoor and outdoor seating. One of them is all indoor seating, but the windows open. So if it's a really nice day anyway, get some fresh air, you can open the windows. So there's three. Uh, it's very spacious. I'll say, look, I, I've, this will be my 21st season in, in pro sports, pro and college sports now. And so I've worked at some pretty top-notch venues. When we talk, I, I worked for the New England Revolution, so I worked at Gillette Stadium. I worked for the Detroit Tigers, so I worked at both Tiger Stadium and Comerica Park. You know, I've worked for some, at some just beautiful, beautiful facilities and venues. I'll put our suites up against any of them as far as the wow. spaciousness, the, the view, the sight lines of the stadium. They're amazing. And so, I, I, so I'm really excited about the indoor suites. We also have three outdoor suites that I mentioned earlier, which we call our flight decks. Those are kind of if you want to bring a, you know your company out for you know a company outing one day for a game, uh, we sell those on a game by game basis versus the indoor suites which we sell on a, you know on a full or partial season uh, ticket plan. Um, and so the outdoor suites are, are flight decks. They are um, they're sold game by game, and we have three of them as well. Uh, two of them are 40 person. They, they hold 40 people. One of them is a little bit smaller, so it holds 30 people. Um, so we, we've got some great amenities upstairs, but then even downstairs, we've got some new different things that just didn't exist in the old ballpark. One, uh, the People's Brewing Company Beer Garden. Uh, so there will be a beer garden uh, down the right field line, nice. uh, which will also be a nice little standing room only section. So you can go grab your beer. You can go back to your seat if you want. But again, when you come out and you see the sight line from the standing room only area there, you're right by the visitor's bullpen. You can just hang out with your buddies and grab a beer and chill for a couple innings out there. Nobody's going to bother you, and it's going to be a fun time. I, think, I honestly think that's going to be the place to be over the summer on Thirsty Thursdays because you're going to have that mid-20s crowd out there, Thirsty Thursday, grabbing a beer, hanging out with all their friends in the beer garden. And then down the left field line, we've got a picnic area at field level, really nice picnic area. Great for birthday parties, uh, you know, great to come out with, with your friends, and, and that'll be a loaded ticket, basically. You'll, you'll buy your ticket, and it'll come with uh, X number of dollars. We're still working that out for the concession stand. So you buy 40 tickets, and they all come with food vouchers that you can go redeem at the concession stand. So, so we've got some great new things in this stadium that just, that just didn't exist in the old stadium. And what about the food? Have you guys brought anything new in for concessions, or you guys have that all worked out yet? We're in the middle of working that out. We, our concessions are, are in-house, um, so we're currently in negotiation with a few different companies, you know, concession companies to actually provide the food. And then in the upstairs suite area, we will have multiple options. One will, of course, be the ballpark option, where if you're buying a suite, you can get your hot dogs, hamburgers, you know, grilled chicken and popcorn and stuff. But we'll have an upscale menu, too, and we're currently in negotiation with a couple of local restaurants, uh, to provide the upscale menu that you can upgrade, pay a little bit more money if you need. If you're entertaining some higher-end clients and you want to um, 
and you want something a little bit nicer than just burgers and dogs. So, but again, we're keeping it local because one of the things that has been very important to me since I moved here to take this job is to really highlight and spotlight uh, the local businesses. So the restaurants that we're working with for our upscale sweet menu are all local and locally owned uh, restaurants here in Lafayette. Well, the Lafayette Aviators, now that's the flagship, right? That's going to be the flagship of the stadium and going to spend the most time in there. But there has been talk of some other uses. So can you tell us about some of the ideas that are popping around uh, to use the stadium aside from, you know, the season for the Lafayette Aviators? Sure, absolutely. Uh, So some of the things that are already um, planned or already done, for example, again, tonight, tonight, again, big day, as you and I talked about earlier, we have the ribbon cutting at 4 o'clock here at the stadium. But then... Lafayette Jeff, well, tonight is our home opener. You know, come on out six o'clock tonight. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, Lafayette Legend Spider Field just going out the first pitch. It's it's a really exciting uh, uh, night for, for the city of Lafayette and for Lafayette Jeff baseball. We're we're so so thrilled for them. Um, but then additionally, in addition to Lafayette Jeff playing all their home games here, Purdue actually used this field for some of their practices and scrimmages before Big Ten season started this year. Okay, and and uh, Ivy Tech is doing their, uh, their spring commencement here in May. Uh, so we're really excited um, to have that. I know the city is, is excited to have a, a, a commencement um, you know, for, for Ivy Tech to show that we can do commencements at the stadium. Um, and then I know that some of the other things they're looking at, is I, know, I know they want to bring in some concerts, and they're also looking at you know, potentially putting in a bid for, um, for a minor league soccer team as well, which I think would be just amazing. Uh, myself, having spent uh, four seasons in professional soccer, I think that would be be a great, uh, you know, I think that'd be a great tenant here at the stadium as well. Uh, and I think it would sell really well. I, I believe that the capacity fits really nicely for a minor league soccer team. And then, um, and then of course, you mentioned the Colt World Series. Again, I've only lived here six months, but. That's all I hear about is the Colt World Series. So <laughs> as somebody who works here, I, want, I would love it if the city got the Colt World Series back here. And I think if they were able to showcase this stadium to the Colt World Series, people that make that decision, I, I think it's a no-brainer. I'm biased, obviously, but I think it's a no-brainer. And, uh, you know, Kokomo, a few years ago, uh, the Jackrabbits, who's our competition, but they built a brand-new stadium. They also have soccer there. So are you, are you in contact with them at all, talking with uh, a how-did-you-guys-transition or, or anything? Do you guys do any time uh, talking with Kokomo about that? Um, as far as from the soccer standpoint, me personally, I don't know. That would be something that I'm sure the city, uh, uh-huh. if it's something they're going to be putting in a bid at some point, they may have reached out um, to the people up in Kokomo to, to discuss how that worked out. Uh, from the baseball side of things, we have spoken to Kokomo as far as, you know, again, some of the pitfalls that happen when you open a new stadium, um, particularly in this, you know, in this league. And, again, they've, they've changed leagues now. There's still summer collegiate baseball, but they have uh, moved on from the prospect league. They're in oh, the okay. league. So, 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 fortunately, they're actually not our competition anymore, oh, um, which actually is a little disappointing because I think we could have developed a really nice rivalry with them. Um, but they are not here. But, they are still in the same type of league. You know, they're still summer collegiate baseball, so we're still able to, to talk and, and exchange some ideas, particularly as the stadium opens. Um, one of the benefits I have is with all my years in, in sports, this will be the third different stadium I've opened. So I've, I've done this before as far as opening a stadium and, and knowing some of, the, some of the pitfalls ahead of us, not just the great times, because we will have a lot of great times in the stadium, 
but some of the pitfalls that happen when you open a stadium, you know, when you, it's like moving into a new home. There's going to be a little, some bumps in the road until everybody gets comfortable in their new house. This is Insider Towns, the podcast about the people and places that make our communities great. Brought to you by Arconic Lafayette. If it flies or drives, we're on it. Arconic is the leader in the production of world-class aluminum products that transform the way we fly, drive, and build. Our guest today, Lafayette Aviators GM David Krakauer. And um, parting thoughts, when is the first Lafayette Aviators game and how can we get tickets? Sure. Uh, so Aviators home opener is Tuesday night, June 1st. Um, so it'll be much warmer than it is today, yeah. and we are excited for that. Um, so yeah, uh, Tuesday night, June 1st, against in-state rival Terre Haute. Uh, so we will host at 7 p.m. Uh, individual game tickets are not on sale yet. We anticipate putting them on sale in the next two, two and a half weeks. But right now, if you want to get tickets, season tickets, flex plans, partial plans, every, you know, everything else is on sale right now, and you can get them by one of two ways, well, by now one of three ways now that uh, the stadium is open. You can come down to the stadium. There are plenty of representatives here that will be happy to take you on a tour of the stadium and let you pick out your seat. Uh, so you can come right down to the stadium. You can uh, log on to LafayetteBaseball.com and, and get your tickets that way. Take a look online. And you can always call into the office here at 765-464-6810. We've got plenty of people that are willing to help all of the fans here in the greater Lafayette area. Well, it is, it is time. The Loeb Stadium is finally open. It looks amazing. And uh, best of luck to you guys. And I'm sure we'll be talking sooner than later about some stuff so that uh, we can get involved in the games uh, coming up, too. Uh, I appreciate you very much, David Krakauer, General Manager, Lafayette Aviators. Have a great day. Thank you, Seamus. You, too.